0: It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Cohen again back to throw.
0: To the sideline, he Cephas! Quinn Cephas! Return to the end zone for the first time in about 22 months. This is BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook, with
1: the Joes: Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio from BetQL. Welcome back, BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Right here on the BetQL Network, Joe Giglio, Cody Decker, Jack Cohen. That's a name that people are going to know pretty quickly here. He's the new starting quarterback at Notre Dame. Cody, we do some college football here. Joe and I have been running through all these different conferences and who's going to win, win totals, our feelings on big picture stuff. But we didn't get to Notre Dame, of course, because Notre Dame is that independent that's like half in the ACC, half not. They get to enjoy the best of both worlds. But Notre Dame is interesting. Let's talk about them for a few minutes, and we'll get to some quarterbacks in college football that maybe people don't know now, but they will soon. And Cody, we saw it with Zach Wilson this year. We saw it with uh, Joe Burrow a couple years ago. There's going to be a quarterback that no one is talking about right now He's going to rocket up Heisman rankings. He might be in the mix to win Heisman, and he's going to be a first-round pick next year. So we'll get to that. And next hour, Mike Lombardi and all things NFL and quarterbacks as the preseason rolls along. But Cody, Notre Dame, their over under this year is eight and a half wins. It always feels like Notre Dame does this thing where it's like playoff, you know, have a chance to win the title. Then they go back, right? And then they come back. They're up and down. They're never really bad under Brian Kelly, but they rarely sustain you know, true championship form every year. Last year, they were in the playoff. My guess is this year, based on their own history, they're going to come down eight and a half on the win total. I would lean over just because the schedule is not too difficult, but I don't look at them as a playoff team this year.
0: Me neither. neither. Um, But I'm still still beyond confused how Notre Dame could always find their way Into a playoff or into a deep thing, mainly just because of the independent uh, aspect of their of their school. I simply don't comprehend how they're the one team that could basically buck the system and do this. Why aren't more teams doing exactly what they're doing? Because it seems like the NCAA uh, system is borderline broken when it comes to this.
1: Well, and they have such an advantage because. You, they know everyone wants to put them on television. Like, that's what it comes down to, right? When we get down to playoff time and we're talking about which teams might get in, it's a combination of your resume, but also who's going to give the best game and who's going to put the most eyeballs on TV. Like, they can pretend that's not what it is, but that's exactly what it is, right? If Notre Dame's close, if they're good, they're going to get the nod, especially if they're against, you know, uh, you know, a, a UCF or something, right? Like a non-power school, they're always going to get the nod. They get to avoid a lot of the trip falls of being at a big conference. Right? They don't have to go on the road to play all these really good teams. they got to pick and choose their schedule. But, Cody, the one thing I do appreciate with Notre Dame lately is they always schedule one or two really good ones a year where it's like, all right, they, you, they get tested. Right? Georgia a couple of years ago, they have Wisconsin this year at Soldier Field. That's a pretty cool game. Like At least they do that. It's not like they're just playing cupcakes the whole time. At least they're playing some decent teams outside of their normal schedule.
0: I'd actually throw something else in there that I think that Notre Dame, not this season, but every season going forward, I think this is a team that will remain a powerhouse and become the next Alabama. And here's why. Nothing to do with the talent on the field right now. It has more to do with the new rules of the NCAA. You just mentioned that Notre Dame is a team that everybody wants on television. Well, if you're a high school football player, you want to go where you're going to be on TV. And if Notre Dame's on TV every week, you have to assume that every blue-chip high schooler wants to be – on the notre dame football team so they can make the most possible money
1: well you're right uh, you're right the, the NILs. that's going to change it and, and i mean college football is going to change forever for you know with that um and i look at notre dame this year uh cody the schedule is not that difficult like florida state at week one that's a very winnable game florida state is in what they were even a few years ago toledo purdue a three and oh start very doable i think you know wisconsin the um neutral site game at soldier field a big one certainly a, a, a i call it a toss-up and they could lose that game cincinnati's no pushover uh the week after north carolina end of october but beyond that i, I really don't see losses like they can start off three and know they have three challenging games there's virginia tech they're not that good uh navy is whatever Virginia's not good georgia tech stanford that's a little bit of a challenge late in the year but I mean, I think bare minimum, there's eight wins here. The question is, do they get one more, get to nine, and you hit your over if you take it?
0: Yeah, it, also that. Look at the strength of their schedule overall. You mentioned a couple of tough games in there. Is this an RPI that can legitimately make it to the college football playoff?
1: I think not. Yeah, unless, I mean, unless they run the table, right? That's a different story. Mm-hmm. But barring that, uh, they're plus 700 to make the playoffs. I wouldn't bet on that. I mean – I know it's pretty decent value, seven to one, but think about all the teams in the SEC. Think about mm-hmm. I mean Clemson, right? There's like there's probably what three or four spots right now that are accounted for in the playoff. Like you just kind of know those teams are in Georgia, Alabama, Clemson. There's not, it's not like, you know, three years from now, when they have the expanded playoff or two years from now, everyone's gonna make the playoff. It's still only four teams right now.
0: Yeah, and it's a bit maddening because – and as much as we all talk about it, listen, I'm from the West Coast. I'm from Los Angeles. I I went to UCLA. I know that East Coasters don't believe that there is an East Coast bias, but there flat out just is. It's not quite the level that people make it out to be, but there is. Everybody just looks at the SEC and the ACC like it's the NFL and every other conference doesn't exist, and that's a bit maddening to me.
1: It kind of is, though, right, with the talent level on those teams. I mean, come on. You know, UCLA football compared to SEC football. It's like Whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. I didn't say I'm not saying UCLA specifically, but if I'm gonna stinks.
1: The Pac-Twelve stinks. It doesn't stink. You
0: just mentioned that Stanford is a massive challenge for Notre Dame.
1: I said a challenge because Shaw's a good coach. But like, come on, the Pac-12 compared to the SEC, it's like Apples, it's like different worlds.
0: We don't know that because the Pac-12 beats up on itself every single season. There's actual parity in that league, as opposed to your front-loaded three teams in the C every year.
1: I mean, you say it like it's my conference, like like they're my teams. What I, I mean, I, I'm, I live in Big Ten country over here. You know, <laughs> it's Ohio State and everybody else. It's like Penn, Penn State is it, Penn State's got some good players. They don't even register because of Ohio State. Like, and then Michigan's just a you know they're a loser school now with Jim Harbaugh. They can't win anything. But you know they the, just the can't. Notre, yeah. The Notre Dame thing is, I, I know some people hate Notre Dame. I think I think they're great for college football still. I think they're interesting. And they're always kind of relevant the last five or six years. So I'll be watching. And we'll see if, if um, the new quarterback can put himself in the mix. You know what happens. If a Notre Dame quarterback's any good, he'll get buzz. Uh, Jack Cohen's plus 8,000 to win the Heisman Trophy. That's, that's a big
0: number. It is. it is a big number, but here's, but here's the thing after that, can you really name a Notre Dame quarterback in the last 20 years that have gone to the NFL and actually competed?
1: No, I mean, uh, and stunk, uh, Horrible. Ian books in the league. Now he's probably going to be a backup his whole life, Like they don't produce, they don't produce NFL quarterbacks. It's been, I mean, it's been a long time since they produced Jimmy, the, the Panthers took Jimmy in the second round. They're like, maybe Jimmy is the guy a year later. They're like now Cam Newton's a real quarterback. We're getting this guy out of here.
0: Yeah, and who was the other one? What was uh, Brady from? Uh, uh, oh, Brady, Brady Quinn. Brady yeah. Quinn. Remember I, the saddest, the saddest night of everyone's life watching him sink to the second round while being at the draft was about the most secondhand like embarrassment I've ever experienced. It was pretty tough.
1: He's actually turned into a pretty good broadcaster and analyst. He has. He's good at that. Yeah, he's just he was not an NFL quarterback. He he could talk about the game though. Speaking of quarterbacks, though, Cody, last couple of years, right? Joe Burrow from nowhere to Heisman Trophy, LSU, then number one pick in the draft. Zach Wilson, from nowhere to Heisman Trophy candidate to number two pick in the draft. Cody, there's going to be a quarterback. And there's a bunch of good ones we know about. Obviously, Spencer Rattler and Howell at UNC. Like, we know some of the big names. But there's going to be a quarterback this year. Maybe it's Jack Cohen at Notre Dame. Maybe it's Malik uh, Malik Willis at Liberty. Like, there's, there's interesting names when you start thinking about these guys. Uh, Ritter at uh, Cincinnati, who will face Notre Dame this year. Quarterbacks that come out of nowhere—not only could it could be for a Heisman, which you can great odds on—but they're going to be a top pick in next year's draft. It's amazing how this happens. Now, uh, Josh Allen, right? Wyoming, Carson Wentz at North Dakota State. It's like every year these guys come out of nowhere, and they're all of a sudden they're NFL prospects.
0: It's kind of strange how that happens, and I it's strange that there are players like from schools I've never even heard of that just pop up in in the NFL, and all of a sudden they're the guy. I mean, look over at Green Bay with Love. I, I was not a big follower of Love. And all of a sudden, he's being picked pretty high by the Green Bay Packers, and now Love is going to be uh, end up being the guy in Green Bay. I'd never even heard of the guy going into that draft.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's one of those things where I think for most of our listeners, like some of these names, like Dustin Crum, I can't say. First of all, that's a great name. I would yeah. love for Dustin Crum to be an NFL quarterback, but like the reality is, most people don't know who he is right now. You know what I would do with this? If you're interested in like taking a really big long shot betting on them to win the Heisman. I would wait for the first week, right? Because their odds aren't going to change considerably, but you might see it. Like maybe Dustin Crumb goes out there for Kent State and throws for 500 yards. Like, oh, maybe he's the guy, right? Or maybe it's the kid from Cincinnati or maybe it's Carson Strong from Nevada. One of these guys will emerge. Cody, I have no idea, but I know a year from now, you and I are saying one of these kids might win offensive rookie of the year in the NFL. It happens every year.
0: And not only that, it just it changes the entire dichotomy of the NFL draft. All of a sudden, your top five picks that you go into the year. I mean, remember two years ago, we were talking about tanking for Tua. That was the hashtag going all over the place. And now we're at a place talking about, can Tua even survive on the Miami Dolphins? He shouldn't even be there. That's where how quickly things change in this scenario. And when you go from college quarterback to a complete unknown to a top five draft pick, it's just such a lofty thing to gamble on for me.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I think it shows how every level, right, college to the pros, it's such a quarterback game now, and and they make it so quarterback friendly. Like, these these kids come out of nowhere. It's all of a sudden like, wait a second, he threw for 50 touchdowns? It's like, what? Like, it's no more like, it used to be like you knew recruiting would kind of lead to who the NFL quarterbacks are. Like, the top three or four recruits would become the top three, like Peyton Manning, right, way back Mm -hmm. in the day. He was Peyton Manning. Now it's like, Zach Wilson? Where did Zach Wilson come from? And now he's starting for the Jets in week one. It just shows how much has just absolutely changed here.
0: It has. It has completely changed. But I'm excited. It's like a fresh start every single year uh, when it comes to actually learning who the next prospects are going to be. Because this is going to affect the draft. This upcoming season will affect the next two, three drafts. And I'm really excited to see what we're going to come up with.
1: Yeah, and I am excited to see what Notre Dame is this year. I would lean over. I would go over, I would say, nine wins for Notre Dame. Not a playoff team. I wouldn't bet in the playoff. I don't even think they'll finish maybe right on the outskirts of the top ten, but I would say over. Would you go over under eight and a half wins on Notre Dame?
0: I would go over as well, but it's because I just don't think they have that challenging of a schedule. If they don't drop all their three big games and they don't drop the game to Stanford – they should take the over, and I think they're more than capable of doing that. However, I do not think they're a playoff team this year. I just don't. I don't. I just don't see the RPI being there to justify getting into that championship.
1: This this is the Notre Dame thing: playoff and they fall out. Playoff they fall out. It's like every other every couple years they're back in that playoff. They will be soon, just not this year. On the other side, we got to talk some NFL. Mike Lombardi, he always has strong opinions. He's our Odyssey NFL insider. We'll ask him about these rookie quarterbacks. How early will they play? How good will they be? And I know he has some strong thoughts on Dan Campbell's coaching that he flopped in his first game (laughs) in Detroit in the preseason. We'll discuss it. Joe Giglio, Cody Decker, BeckQL Daily, presented by Fanduel Sportsbook right here on the BeckQL Network.